for a new season of Bad Batch. You boys are ready to go. We really are. We've been texting all day. We both got a lot to say. We're not going to waste any time. If it's your first time joining us, welcome to the After Party. My name's Tyler Body. It's I like to blow things up because I like to blow things up with me. We shall see if he's as understanding as I am. Cameron Porter! What up? What's up, Cameron? It's Bad Batch time. Dude, it's Bad Batch time. Do you have anything to say? No, I don't have anything to say today. All right, pod's (laughs) over. Yep, thanks for joining us. (laughs) Right in time with the music stopping. Great job, Cameron. Dude, there's a lot. I mean, there really is. It's, It's incredibly dense. Like, that's the the word that came to my mind. I was like... You know, I'm watching the first time through. I've, I've watched twice now uh, each episode just to kind of like first time through is just me enjoying second time through. I'm making notes. Mm-hmm. And I as I was watching the first time, I was like, yeah, I have got I have got to go back again and make notes because it is so dense. There's yeah. like stuff coming out from everywhere. There's Mandalorian stuff. There's Rise of Skywalker stuff. There's mm-hmm. prequel stuff. There's Bad Batch stuff. There's Clone Wars stuff. There's just stuff everywhere. <laughs> And, yeah, and like I felt like any single episode would have been a lot to talk about. To stack three, it's almost overwhelming. It was a lot to digest. If, if it wasn't my favorite thing in the entire world, it's mm-hmm. no problem at all to talk about. I can't wait. Before we get into Bad Batch, though, there is a bit of news that we have to talk about. Yes. Usually in this friendship, generally speaking, I'm the one sending you news. Correct. Like usually, I'm like, hey, man. Did you see that this happened and that happened? Yeah. But you were so excited. Oh. You got it so fast. Man, we've talked we've talked at length about Star Wars video games. Yeah. And an announcement came out that, that might satisfy some of that uh, excitement of some people about KOTOR being possibly remade. Well, it's not I wouldn't quite go that the same, far. but <laughs> We got news that remakes of Battle... Well, no. A singular remake... Like a, a containing big remaster, both right? Battle, both original Battlefront games is coming out. March 14th Crazy. is on my calendar. Crazy. They're dropping it for 35 bucks. Uh, Aren't they including like a bunch of like bonus levels? A bunch and- of download... Like what was previously DLCs, I yeah. think, is getting put on it. They're doing um, like these giant... 
um, team deathmatch, I think up to like 64 players wow. or something. But what I'm most excited about, and I don't know if anybody out there also shares this sentiment, but um, I never got great at playing online games because I, I just didn't spend as much time gaming as everybody else. Sure. But I grew up playing split screen co-op mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. And this game is going to have split screen um, quick action matches, I believe, as well as the... Um, the story modes from both Battlefront 1 and Battlefront 2. And if you remember, Battlefront 2 had a specific type of um, game mode where you would just play as heroes. Right. So instead of like clones and and, and, and uh, stormtroopers and droids and stuff in different variants, it was like light side versus dark side. Right. And I don't know, man. I, I mentioned a couple weeks ago that two or three years ago, I bought a PlayStation 2 for like 50 bucks and then went on eBay, found Battlefront 1, Battlefront 2, Lego Star Wars 1, Lego Star Wars 2, and bought them and played them. And I loved playing them. It was great, but we're not used to the clunkiness of all our games now. So for this to get re-released has got me so freaking excited. I'm, I'm, my thought when I read it, I said, this must be how I would feel if that KOTOR remake actually happened. Yeah. And it is like a remaster, right? Like they're not yeah. they're not actually, you know, it's not like a you know, um a full full on remake like what Kotor is supposed to be. Yeah, that's a but, good clarification but, to make. But um nonetheless extremely exciting. I will say like they did do that for Kotor and I've yeah. you know, I've really enjoyed having that. Because like you said, the the controls for those old games when you go back and they're not remastered, they're extremely clunky. Yeah, load they're, screens are slow, yeah. you know, a lot of glitches, that kind of stuff. I saw they're adding a couple new heroes. One of them was Asajj Ventress, and I can't remember who the other one was. Ooh, I didn't even see that. Um, but they are adding a couple of heroes, so I know she's going to be on there. Um, good timing, you know, with her coming yep. back with, with Bad Batch sure. and everything. So. I, yeah, man, I'm stoked for you. The only other bit of news I saw, and and I don't know how it goes in line with our speculation, but but I don't know how legit it is. But it's basically saying the Acolyte's supposed to air June 5th, which is right on because they've been dropping these trailers like a month before the series comes out. Yeah, we were speculating, hey, May 4th. maybe May fourth they'll put out a trailer. Might it play in front of the Phantom Menace? You know, it's possible. And it's so, possible. You know, we'll see. But it, it does seem like, I mean, June 5th, that makes sense. You know, Bad Batch will end. And then a month later, the new series will pick up. And it's it's eight episodes. So it'll yep. run June through July. And then it would make sense to have a couple of months break. And then we'll come back with Skeleton Crew in, in the fall. Mm. Maybe with uh, Tales of the Jedi somewhere strategically in between those two to bridge that gap a little bit. So the stars are aligning. They're aligning. Yeah, they're aligning, and we're just trying to chart that 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 path. You there know, you we we really need to chart the path, make sure we're not going to run into any of these stars. But I think we're doing pretty good in terms of like just trying to figure out where these things are coming until we get these official confirmations. But yeah, yeah. it's going to be. I mean, based off of what we saw in these first three episodes. It's going to be a great time for the next couple months with Bad Batch, yeah. And to come back and you know go see Phantom Menace, and and of course when we go watch Phantom Menace in theaters, I'm going to come home and do a saga run. Like it's yeah. just going to happen. Um, so I'm I'm really excited. Now, real quick before we get into Bad Batch, staying on the topic of the acolyte, mm-hmm. dude, I cannot keep it straight because I feel like I've seen anything from a hundred years before the prequels mm-hmm. to 50 years before the prequels, I even heard at one point like 80 years before, I don't really understand what the timeline is. 
And on one hand, coming off of the High Republic, it's not that big of a deal. Meaning, yeah. meaning, I don't care if it's 150 years after the High Republic books that we've been reading, or if it's 200 years after. I, I don't care. But it does matter if it's 100 years before Phantom Menace or 50 years before Phantom Menace. Because if it's 50 years before Phantom Menace, Palpatine is a, a kid, right? Mm-hmm. And presumably would at some point be a part of the show. If it's 100 years before, then no. And I just keep seeing it flip-flop, flip-flop. And that's something that I'm hoping we will get some official word on. Because, you know, I'd like to know what to expect. Um, I would love if the whole season kind of does its thing and then towards the end we meet a young Palpatine. I think that would just be lights out incredible. I I would love that. I would love it. Um, but man, it'd be tough to be the kid that's got to play Palpatine. That's a tough role. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it's one thing, and it's tough enough. I mean, very difficult to play like a young Leia. Yeah. But I feel like it's something entirely different to play a young, most evil person in the entire mm-hmm. galaxy. Yeah. Like, do you come out the gate super evil, or is it like playful childness that's getting <sighs> yeah. like beaten down by. Yeah. Evil or the Empire or yeah. the Emperor. Well, I don't know. Because mm. on one hand, yes, you, you, you do come to understand that villains are that way for a reason. Yeah. On the other hand, Palpatine's always just kind of been evil. He's just always right. been evil. And so like to find out that he's that way because oh, I, I don't know, I'm not gonna go into it, but some silly story. It just yeah. doesn't seem like I want that, but I don't know. I do want to see a young Palpatine, mm-hmm. but I would almost just like him to just already just be set in his ways and crafty and man, you know just a manipulator. I mean, I don't know. I don't. Oh, I don't so to already be developed. Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to feel sympathy towards Palpatine. You know, mm-hmm. I'm a pretty open-hearted person. You know, I'll give anybody the benefit of the doubt, but Palpatine's not someone I want to spend no. time like. I just don't let him just be evil for evil's yeah. sake. Maybe, maybe just this once. Ready to talk Bad Bats? Yes. Dude, I'm so ready to talk Bad Bats. All right, we'll do our best to kind of run through these. Episode one, episode two, episode three. Um, And we'll try to like go through them pretty quick. Because like I said, they're all very dense. And Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to one episode next week. Because we've gone from discussing eight episodes for the past few pods. Now we're just discussing three, which does feel like less. But it's still a lot. Mm -hmm. When we get back to just one episode, it's going to really feel good. Just an hour of just... One just really hitting it home on one episode. Exactly. Before we get in, like, did you find as you were watching Bad Batch, were you like, oh yeah, new star? Like, what what was it oh, like? Yeah. I, that's that's how I always feel. Um, and I've found that in the past, sometimes it's even hard for me to go back and rewatch certain shows mm. because you know I'll get five minutes into an episode and then think in my mind like, oh yeah, I remember this one. I know where it goes. Mm. And it's almost like sometimes I have to work a little bit harder to like stick with a rewatch and really pay attention yeah. to find Easter eggs or, or find things that I, I didn't notice before. Mm-hmm. Um, but new Star Wars is always just pure, like, I'm locked in. Yeah, I'm with you on that. So, And especially coming off, like, I th- I don't know if I would have enjoyed it quite as much had I not just wrapped up rewatching season two, or mm-hmm. at least like just finished the finale of season two, mm-hmm. but to come right out, out of that into this was just, it, it was perfect. I was able to ride that excitement right into these three episodes. I, I felt the same way. And, 
And yeah, like you said, anytime it's new Star Wars, I just find myself just locked into the screen a little extra hard. Mm-hmm. Like it just it just feels so good. And yeah, I just really enjoyed my first watch. I enjoyed my second watch. And um yeah, we'll 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 discuss it a little bit more in detail. So first episode, season three, episode one, confined release date, February twenty-first. 2024, directed by Seward Lee, written by Jennifer Corbett. Uh, here's a brief summary. Uh, these these episode guides are up on StarWars.com. Following her capture by Dr. Hemlock, Omega adjusts to life in the Imperial Research Facility by visiting her prisoner brother Crosshair and getting checkups from her mysterious and stoic clone sister, Dr. Emery Carr. Omega passes the time by creating herself a Tuka doll and befriends an imprisoned Lurka Hound she affectionately names Batcher. Though she is not bound to her quarters, the young clone is determined to escape the oppressive facility with Crosshair, who does not believe it's possible. Meanwhile, Hemlock continues pushing the Kaminoan scientist Nala Say in her cloning work, hinting at further danger for Omega. Cameron, general thoughts. What are you thinking about this episode? Um... You know, we were talking last week about some of the alien vibes and some yeah. of the Godzilla vibes. Yes. Definitely got some more, um, I don't know specifically what, but there was a lot of like suspenseful, mysterious horror in this episode a little bit, I feel like. I would say it like this, like, what's out there? Yeah. <laughs> it really felt that yeah. way. Yeah. So we, we, we open up on the planet, by the way, uh, you know, we're at Mount Tantus, but we open mm-hmm. up on the planet Wayland is the name of the planet. Oh, yeah. And there's, yeah, there's some kind of creature, like you're saying, and, and it keeps... It keeps, I guess, everybody from being able to escape this place. Like yeah. It's like, you can escape it if you want, but you're going to die. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there was a really cool... I, I, I wasn't expecting that kind of opening. It almost was a little bit... A little bit like The Force Awakens, right? Where it starts off in space, you have stormtroopers in this shuttle, and they're mm-hmm. coming down. Obviously, it, it pivoted and it did a different thing, but it, it, it had that vibe. It definitely was an interesting way to start up... To not come right out the gate with like main characters. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Um, one thing I noticed you can you can see the passage of time through various things. Um, she's obviously you know keeping a tally of the days that she's there. Mm-hmm. Rotations. She's keeping a tally of the rotations. Not unlike the way that that Wrecker would keep track of the missions that the batch yeah. would go on, and and so we're keep we're we're doing that. But there's also this um, mechanic of that black, they would kind of like fade to black, mm-hmm. and you would hear these drips of water that sort of like signified like the ticking of time, and then there yeah. were always those shots of the the blood vials kind of like ticking oh, and yeah. moving, almost looking like hands on a clock. Mm-hmm. So it was just really interesting imagery there that I liked. Um, Omega is, is definitely trying to get out of there, and it's it's clear that something is a little bit different about what's going on cloning wise and that Omega is in some way like a key or something. Like there's just like these like you can just tell it's different than just they've say, gotta have her. They have to have her alive. Like she's a yeah. prisoner but she's kinda helping and like to your point about the vials, mm-hmm. they made a point to show Emery coming into her room over and over saying, Good morning, Omega. We have a lot of work to do today. Mm-hmm. So just like really driving home that point that it is monotony and repetition yes. and just like rigid rigidity at all times and furthermore 
same thing with her going past Crosshair. Another example of yeah. that same thing. And you kind of see Crosshair like it's like the life is out of his eyes. Like yeah. he's he's done. He's 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 um he's pretty checked out at that point. Um I noticed that she's like trying to recreate her family. She's mm-hmm. got that new I, I just called a new Lula doll. What what is it called? It's a Tuka doll. Yeah. Um she's got a new doll. She's got Batcher, this mm-hmm. this uh Lurka Lurka hound hound. that she has um, that she's sort of adopted and so you can tell that she is really trying to hearken back to that like she misses being in a family like Mm -hmm. now that she knows it and and I think she's trying to convince Emery like I, I feel like one of the things about Emery is like she is so content to just go about doing this daily monotonous Mm -hmm. thing because she doesn't know what it's like to have a family. Yeah, it's like if you can't beat it, join it. You know, even even in episode three, there's a, a point where Emery says to Omega, "Think this through." Like, right? We can we can walk away, and it's not from like her trying to really convince her that she's not doing the right thing. It's more so just like just continue to be a cog in the wheel and like let right. this pass you by. Yeah, and I I I noticed, and tell me your read on it. Um, when when Crosshair. Um, tells Omega that that she needs to forget lost causes. Um, that that you know that's what Crosshair sees himself self mm-hmm. as. He says, "I belong here." Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting that ultimately it's those lost causes that will save her, right? Yeah. Like in the end, Crosshair. You know, we're jumping ahead a bit, but Crosshair had to jump in and save her as did Batcher. Mm-hmm. And so it's funny if Omega had forgotten the lost causes, she never would have made it out. Yeah. And I, you know, I got the vibe. This is this is what I feel like. I kind of feel like we're waiting on this like redemption arc for Crosshair, mm-hmm. and I don't think that it's not already here. What I mean is, yeah, I feel like in his mind, Crosshair certainly has an, a lot of negativity towards himself. He believes himself a lost mm-hmm. cause, but I, you know, we talked about. What was it? The I think it was the third episode of season two um, with Commander Cody when yeah. they're in in the room with the senator and they're being ordered to kill the senator or else. And Crosshair just sort of like in in one sense, like just murders her in cold blood. Like she's unarmed. She had surrendered. They promised that she would live and Crosshair kills her. But, you know. I always take that scene to mean like he was trying to protect Cody. Yeah. And so on one hand, he's doing this bad thing, but he's doing it for a a good reason to some degree. You at least can understand. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's what he's doing when he's being so, you know, angry and mean towards Omega. He's like telling her that she needs to leave. And I, I think that, that that was his way of basically trying to get her to take care of herself. Yeah. Because and, and I had that thought and I felt that it sort of got confirmed because when Omega was trying to free Batcher, Batcher wouldn't leave without Omega. And what did Omega have to do? She had to be like, get out of here. Like yeah. she had to get angry at him for Batcher to leave. Yeah. And so I just kind of feel like Real old Pro- yellow, old real old yellow. There of her. it is, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, you get what I'm saying? I feel yeah. like I feel like Crosshair is already there. He just has so much negativity towards himself mm-hmm. more so than than others. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Could you see that as being the case? Or yeah, um, I think at this point, like Crosshair made 
very strong allegiances to either his his brothers or the empire and he's kind of like mm. screwed both of those up yeah so i mean if i'm if i'm crosshair like i don't have anywhere else to turn to yeah i mean and and it's hard it's hard to do someone as dirty as he did to both sides and then try to be genuine about coming back for forgiveness or asking for help or like i definitely understand the place where he is where he's just like well you know i've already screwed up way past any kind of redemption or right. or being of value to anybody else so yeah mm-hmm. i deserve to be here i'll just rot in this cell until i die do you feel like he wants for omega to be able to get out like is is he is that why he's kind of pushing her away? Or yeah, yeah. You see that? I I think he sees a lot of a lot in Omega that he probably wishes he saw in himself. Mm. Still, like maybe not so much like being a quote unquote good guy, but more so just like the uh, the hopefulness mm, of like right. I could still make it out of here, or like yeah. the energy to put put towards that. Like yeah, because like you said, he seems like he's kind of just giving up. Yeah, where what I would call like like the life in his eyes just being gone. Like he's just kind of giving up on things. Cause I mean, again, why would he think other than just Omega's good hearted nature? Mm -hmm. Why would he think that he could just all of a sudden be like, Hey, you know what? I miss my brothers. I want to go back to him. Let's escape out of here. Right. Like I can't imagine being in his position and saying that expecting somebody to actually believe me. So it's like, well, what's the point? Uh, Yeah, dude, man. Great point. Um, (laughs) I wrote down the quote, uh, Hemlock said it to uh, maybe it was Emery. Um, could have been not. Uh, it's probably not. I'll say the, the the we shall see if the Emperor is as understanding as I am, which is like a direct callback to Vader in Return yeah. of the Jedi. Oh, P.S. I did not bring it in. It's in my car. I p- went to Galactic today, nice, and I picked up my comics. And as I was there, you know, as one does, you know, you You're look behind the counter and you you kind of like, hey, that's a Power of the Force action figure over there. Like I see the packaging. And I sort of like peeked and saw it, and it was Luke in Jedi robes, Return of the Jedi style, which you know is like my vibe. I'm like, oh man, that's Return of the Jedi Luke. Like I started to get all excited, and you know, I don't really collect a lot of action figures or anything, but I do keep some Power of the Force stuff around. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh man, wonder, uh, wonder how much that is. So I, I walk behind the counter to go take a peek. You know, I'm like, all right, is he gonna put this thing out or what's Mm -hmm. going on? And I, I see a price tag on it. It's like 175 dollars. I was like, what? Like. I didn't even know that those were worth like $10, you yeah, know? Yeah, seriously. And uh, he's like, oh, that's not our price tag. And then as I looked a little closer, the package was actually open, which is presumably why it was it was hanging back there. Mm-hmm. And Dale, he's, you know, he's not going to sell an, an open package like that. And he's like, here. He just tossed me the figure. What? Because, I mean, I, I collect them open. I yeah, open them yeah. immediately. Yeah, like, you're, not, you're not like a grade no. A well, they're not worth figures. They have to be, yeah, they're, right. And I like the way that they look like, Standing up next Just, to each yeah, other, yeah. you know, and so man, yeah, I got I got a uh, Luke That's Skywalker sick. Return of the Jedi. I was super stoked about it. I, nice. I, I, I like walked out with a little extra pep in myself. I'm yeah, like, oh, yeah, I got some Luke Skywalker today. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it reminded me of, of Vader at the beginning of Return of the Jedi. Whenever he says, "We'll see if the Emperor is is as forgiving as I am," mm-hmm. which is like obviously not very much so, you know. So yeah, I, I like that quote. Um, another thing, Kayla had pointed out to me. Um, she pointed out that Hemlock doing his little rant at the end to Omega after she let Batcher go is what informed her that there was a ship that had had crashed. 
So if, if he had not gone off on that rant, she wouldn't have even known. She wouldn't even have known. Dang, good call, Kayla. <laughs> these guys I didn't just like, it. yeah, these guys just like to talk, and then these women they pick it up. You mm-hmm. know, they can tell. So, anyways, uh, I thought that was a good a good detail. Um, nice. Last thing I noticed about this episode is that Omega's been there for 164 days. Yep. Did you count it? Yep. <laughs> yeah, yep. bro. I counted the tallies. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's why we pod together. Yeah. Two bros in a pod. That's exactly what it is. Um. I don't know. What else did you, anything else in this first episode? I know, I know you because I know what you said earlier. You're ready to get into the third episode. Yeah. I know. Is there anything else? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, so yesterday I watched, I watched the first two episodes on my lunch break. And then last night, I was texting you about this earlier, but <laughs> yeah, I had, I had planned. I was like getting my daughter to sleep. I was going to let her sleep in the bed with me and get all cuddled. So I had my hot tea, like on the nightstand. I had my mm. iPad ready to go. Like, yeah. I was going to get her to sleep and then lean over and grab my items and like drink yeah, my tea and watch yeah. Star Wars while she's like wrapped around my arm. That sounds great, by the way. Oh, it's, it's like, the best. It's like, a, it's like a wonderful viewing experience. It and then is. what happened, Cameron? And then, uh, <laughs> as I usually do, I passed out with her. <laughs> so I woke up, like that was like 8.30, and then I woke up at like 11.30. I was like, oh my oh. gosh, what happened? So at that point, I've got three hours of sleep and I was kind of wired. So, oh, wow. You know, tea was cold, couldn't drink that, but I uh, grabbed my iPad and I just I texted you and I was like, "Here we go, episode three. So, that's the freshest one on my mind. I like, I read some articles afterwards, watched mm. a breakdown or two. Like, Ooh, I've okay. just kind of been stewing on episode three. All right, today. all right, we're we're, we're gonna. But get there. I really liked episode two a lot too. Yeah. So let's go there. Let's jump into episode two. Um, first off, I texted you and I was like, "Cause oh, all right, l- little backstory. Usually." First thing I wake up on New Star Wars Day, I jump to the TV, I turn it on, and I go. Yeah. I don't. I don't look at my phone. I I'll, I'll brew a cup of coffee and I'll just like drink coffee and watch New Star Wars. However, I a work a different job than I have in the past, and so now I'm 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 at work a lot earlier than I'm used to. Mm-hmm. And I would wake up, you know, thirty minutes early or whatever to catch it, but I was like, there's three episodes. You know, instead of waking up at six, what I'm gonna do? Wake up at four thirty. I don't know how long these episodes are. Yeah. So I was like, nah, I'll just watch them after. And I don't really do social media, so I wasn't worried about that. But I do in you know incessantly Google Star Wars. <laughs> and, oh um, no! I mean, you I, walked into I, that one. Well, I I did great all day, and then I absent-mindedly hit my sh- Star Wars news shortcut on my phone. You know, oh, just, like I just, instinctively. I just clicked it, like just not even thinking about yeah, yeah. it. Which is how we all use our phones, by the way. And I saw an article at the very top. And let me tell you what the article headline was. Yeah, so now that we've already watched it, tell me what it was. Yeah, this was was what the headline was. Bad Batch's Book of Boba... Or Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm already messing it up. I'm already (laughs) messing it up. Bad Batch's Boba Fett cameo. That's what I read. Oh. And then I went, no! And I stopped reading immediately. Mm -hmm. And I was like, man. It's like, Boba Fett's going to be in it. I've wanted Boba Fett to be in Bad Batch, and it just got spoiled. And this was like a couple hours before I got home to watch it. I was so upset. You want to know the only thing worse than reading a spoiler before you watch something? Reading a spoiler that's not even true yeah, before yeah, you watch yeah. something. And letting your mind so, roam all so day So the long. whole time I'm watching it, I'm like, where's Boba Fett? Of course, they're referring to what we get in the second episode. We'll mm-hmm. get into it. But I just thought that was like grade A annoying, just like. It's the worst. It was it was really frustrating to read the spoiler in a headline 
and then for that spoiler to not even be true and just kind of mess with my head. Well, but, I, I assumed after watching all three episodes, yeah. when you said spoiler, I assumed Palpatine. it was going to be, well, no, uh, not even that, okay. but I mean, because we got Palpatine in this trailer, yeah, 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 but like something very integral that we learn and start hearing about right. in episode three, I was like, right. oh crap, that's what he heard about, but no, so that's no, not so bad. No, no, no. So and most it, people, here's the thing, a lot of people are probably listening right now being like, that have watched the episodes, like, yeah. Boba Fett can't. What the heck is this guy talking about? What do you mean Boba Fett was in this episode? I know, I know. I mean, obviously he's not in any of it. But and as I was watching, I was like, how will Boba Fett fit into all of this? I don't understand. Like, of course, like I said, it didn't even happen. Uh, as we get into the second episode, I do want to comment on this. Last week, when we were discussing, well, I'm sorry, I guess it was this week. This was <laughs> this week earlier, a couple days ago, we were discussing. The latest Crosshair episode in season two, I want to say it was episode yeah. 11 or 12. Mm-hmm. I talked about how I love the tone of those episodes. Like, they're just always so dark and broody and they feel so good. Dude, we got all it. three of these episodes were like, oh, that. yeah. Yeah, the, the tone of this whole show so the, far. The tone of this season is amazing. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. I don't, I, I, I'm not going to be against it if we get some moments of levity, but. Right now, I am all for it. So, yeah. all, all right. right, let's keep it dark. Yeah, well, <laughs> let's move to uh, season three, episode two, Paths Unknown, directed by Nate Villanueva, written by Matt McNavets. All right, so here is the episode guide for season three, episode two. Working as mercenaries, Hunter and Wrecker complete a dangerous job in exchange for what may be the location of Dr. Hemlock's lab. They follow at the coordinates to find a jungle planet and an ominous abandoned Imperial base, as well as young clones surviving in the wilderness. Together, they seek to uncover clues to Omega's whereabouts and must fend off a terrifying threat the Empire's experiments left behind. Cameron, starting off at the very top, what you got for us, man? Uh, So... First of all, I love how we're getting, I love how Star Wars shows do this now, where they will take a break from your main characters, or they'll focus on the main characters and not the side, like, we we obviously have two stories going on. We've got Crosshair's stuff going on, we got the Bad Batch, and we talked about this at length, where where like, there's some episodes in season one and season two, Mm -hmm. where you get these Crosshair-focused episodes that you get to almost the end of it and you're like, Oh wait, I haven't seen the bad batch all episode. Right. Um, so they did this with this one, like episode one, we get crosshair and and Omega and we get them like caught up. Um, and then episode two, here we are back with the bad batch, which another thing that we talked about last week or on our last episode was that, um, I was speculating that like we left off season two, echo was still with Wrecker and Hunter. Well, Mm -hmm. here we are right from the jump. Echo's obviously back with Rex doing his thing. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I hope they do a lot more of this throughout the throughout the season where it kind of focuses singularly on one storyline per episode. It can, I mean, I like it kind of jumping around a lot, um, but I think there's so much going on on both sides with Wrecker and Hunter looking for Omega, Omega now trying to, like, break out of prison, and you got Crosshair hanging out in the balance. Like, what the heck's going to happen with him? I like how they'll kind of flip back and forth and focus the episode on one side versus the other. Right. Presumably, they're going to just end up back together in the next episode. Yeah. I feel like they're just like a phone call away, but that may not be the case. I could see some reasons why that 
might not be true. We'll talk about it in speculation. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get Durant. Dude, yeah. You know, we, we, we get our old buddy Durant from that filler episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Said with much sarcasm. Well, in, I, in I would have forgotten about him. I, I would not have, had we not done our rewatch, right. I would have not known who he was. Yeah. Or not remembered. I mean, it, he was, it was an interesting character because, you know, we, we, of course, he did a great job of setting up the fact that the Bad Batch has gone above and beyond for Sid, getting her place back, yep. referring to that episode. And then, you know, it also was a great episode, you know, showcasing that empathy that Omega has for people. Because I, you know, I remember her saying like, well, if Ruby likes Durant, then he must not be all bad. Like, like yeah. she's definitely more understanding of a character and more empathic than most people. Yeah. And it did a great job of that. And what's interesting is like you actually see in this episode, it's very subtle, but you see that that empathy has rubbed off on Durant. Because yeah. when when they get the information about, you know, it's very obvious, I think, to Durant who it is that they're looking for. Yeah. And he says, you know, hey, I hope, hope you, you find the person that you're looking for. Yeah. But he genuinely means it because he, he likes Omega because Omega yeah. was kind to him. He's returning the kindness back. Yeah. And so it, it's really cool to see these episodes that are deemed inconsequential. But not only do they do a great job of setting up our main characters, but it also shows like... Think about that. Like this is like a quick like 2 minute scene and it shows this this growth of this random character from mm-hmm. season 1. He's a different guy now. You even see the way that he stands and holds himself. Yeah. Like he's a different character because of the things that happened in this, you know, quote unquote filler episode or whatever from season 1. Yeah. So I I just love the way that's that's the thing. You just got to keep watching. If you feel like something doesn't have consequence or you feel like Oh, it's just an adventure of a week. Like it's a bad thing to go on an yeah. adventure for a week. You know, just maybe tone it down. It's gonna make sense later. Just keep watching. Let let them. I hate to sound like all the youth, but it's like let them cook. You know, just yeah. let them do it. <laughs> I mean, um, they could have very easily just thrown in a random throwaway character. Like random they were just character. doing a bount. They were running a job for somebody that might have some info for them. But to pull that back all the way from season one and. You know, it's not to like bring were, back the same pike too. Yeah, to bring back the literal horn. Yeah, it's not like they were forcing this into the main story. This was just such a small piece. Yeah, like the Bad Batch needed info. They're running bounties or they're running favors for people to try to get some information. They ju- they're just like, oh, let's throw in Roland Duran right. and this whole pike thing where this pike like um, this pike. Well, the pike syndicate like dishonored his family yeah. by like humiliating them basically and they're mm-hmm. like here you go here's the pike that was behind humiliating you guys yeah and it's really interesting too because like you know this this guy that they executed in the very beginning is like you know talking to his mom who we, we know to be the leader of the we knew that from the first season you yeah. know uh, the leader of this this syndicate and he's like you know you're weak and none, and, and you're all cowards for not telling her we don't even know if that's true or not yeah like we don't know what the story is there you kind of have to make it is she mm-hmm. weak or is this guy just like for whatever reason, maybe, maybe because that Roland lost his horn, maybe that's what that guy's talking about. But in fact, no, they're not weak. They were just quote unquote dishonored. Like yeah. I don't know. It's an interesting story. And I, I, I again I just I love hmm. just the tone of the setup of the episode. It shows too that like Hunter and Wrecker are gonna pretty much do anything. Like they've become mercenaries mm-hmm. in order to find Omega. So it's just a a great way of setting setting this up. Um, we see young clones. Yeah. And the instant they opened up their mouth, I was like, Daniel Logan. Mm-hmm. But what's interesting, so there's three clones, Deke, Stack, and Mox. 
Mm-hmm. We meet Deacon Stack first. That's not Daniel Logan. Yeah. Did you know that? I did not. It's not Daniel Logan. Sounds just like him. Wow. It's the guy, it's the kid from one of the Deadpool movies. I don't remember his name, I, huh. but but when I when I looked at when I was looking at the credits, I was like, that wasn't Daniel Logan. Daniel Logan did voice Mox, so okay. like the older clone that they kind of. Well, I say he's older; he was just a, more established, I guess. Yeah. So I don't really understand the reasoning behind the fact that he voiced one of the three young clones. I have some ideas, but I'm versus already, all know, three. I don't, yeah. I don't know. Maybe. And for those who may not know, who's uh, who's Daniel Logan? Daniel Logan played Boba Fett in both. Attack of the Clones, as well as he voiced him in in, in the animated yep. uh, Clone Wars. So, so that, there's your there's your Boba Fett headline. If you were wondering where the heck that was coming from, right? But you know, te- like I said, technically it wasn't know, it wasn't it. him. It was just yeah, yeah, yeah right, yeah. right. But you know, we'll see. Boba Fett may still show up. Who knows? Maybe not. I mean, it's it's fine. We'll 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 see. Um, but I, I like the idea of the young clones. They had this line that they they told um. They told Wrecker and Hunter whenever they were looking for Omega, uh, he said, we wish the other clones felt that way about us. You mm. may be defective CTs, but at least you care. Yeah. Because these kids were left by their fellow brothers. And mm-hmm. so it just kind of goes to show that, like, Regs, Clone Force 99, whatever, like, not everyone yeah. cares in the same way. Um, and it's just it's just interesting to, to see that. And it, it was cool. I, I really liked this episode. Um, it was a good... I like the I like the plot idea of this. So, yeah. you know, we get we get Wrecker and Hunter getting some info about where Hemlock's lab is right. currently. Keep talking. I'm going to look up uh, if we ever got a name for this planet. Yeah, go for it. Um, and then they arrive to mm-hmm. this like destroyed laboratory, and we find out that it right. was an orbital bombardment. You know, the Empire just blew this whole place up. So, you know, here are Hunter and Wrecker on this overgrown jungle abandoned planet like they did all this work to find this pike take it to Rand, get this info and it's it's bad it's bad intel basically yeah but from it you know hunter's like all right well let's let's go down there and like see if we can find something yeah and then we interact with some left behind clone kids which we were speculating about what the heck happened to all of those we the other week. speculate that and i mean this doesn't fully answer our question about where they've been getting shipped off to but um, we do get a couple of clone cadets. Yeah, we do. And I, at first, I did not know they were clones. It mm. took me. It took me until they started talking, or or maybe even actually, I think it took until Hunter said they're they're clones. I was yeah. like, oh, they are clones. Yeah, like, I didn't was, notice right off the bat. Yeah, either. I love how like I was just it was not on my radar at all at all. So it's a that's just one of those things. It's like you know, we we can always talk about all these wild ideas we have for things we wish Star Wars would do, and sometimes it's nice to just be like, "Oh, I never would have thought of that." Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just such a cool idea of an episode. Um, so it, it appears that these vines are a hemlock experiment, yeah. and I'm wondering. I'm thinking it's pretty. I'm pretty positive that that's where he gets his poison from. Was those things mm. right? The poison that Crosshair inhaled in the last season, whenever yeah. he was. Doing the uh, what was it? Uh, Plan ADA, mm-hmm. uh, the Seeker, um, and I I also wonder if that's where he got that injury with his On hands. His hand you know, he's always he's always rubbing his hand like yeah. something's wrong with it. So I'm thinking that that's what that 
was, although I, you know, I, I could be wrong, but uh, I, I thought that the whole action sequence with, with the young clones rescuing the batch was great. Mm-hmm. Uh, throwing the grenades into the, it looked like a mixture of like a Rathtar and a Dianoga meets a Dringir or like something. A ra- like a Rancor, like I was getting like Rancor Pit vibes from yeah. it. Rancor Pit vibes. Yeah. Or, oh, uh, no, 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 sorry, uh, sorry. I know what you're sorry. trying to say. Sarlacc, Sarlacc Pit. Sarlacc. It was like, it was as though they yeah. took a Sarlacc and a Rancor, a Dianoga, and some drain gear from the High Republic, and he mm-hmm. just put them all together. That's what oh, it yeah, seemed like. Yeah, drain gear definitely. I didn't yeah. even think about that. So, so it was an in- interesting thing. And I mean, like you know, they could go if they wanted to explain it like that. They very well could. could I don't know. I mean, it also reminded me of that scene from uh, Book of Boba Fett when Boba Fett yes. and Fennec Shan are in the Slave One, and Kale they're like the same thing. Yeah, he's like trying to get. They're trying to find his armor in there, and the Sarlacc just reaches up yes. his arms and wraps it around the ship. Yeah, and you feel that tension because you. You're watching like the strength of these arms and vines, like pulling on this ship, and yeah. you're like, "Oh, if it if it just gets it a little bit further, or if it pulls a little bit harder, it's gonna break these wings all apart right. and stuff." So it, right. it built a lot of tension. I was stressed. Whenever uh, Wrecker was like, "Drop the crate," I was just like, "Yeah, yeah. drop the crate." I like to blow things up. Yeah, it's so cool. It really was great. I definitely had like all my Wrecker energy during that. Oh, yeah. I was like, "Yeah, let's go." Um, it was great. The fact, all right, so here's where some of our speculation from last week is already paying off. Yeah. They send the the young clones off to Pabu, which mm-hmm. was part of my speculation was that that Pabu is going to end up being a sanctuary for clone troopers that they find along the way. Yep. And I further speculated and we'll see although I think the foreshadowing is pretty strong in this conversation that ultimately the beautiful ending that we've been teased is going to be the bad batch laying down you know, their armor and, and stopping fighting and just going off into the sunset with Pabu. They asked, um, whenever, uh, Hunter was trying to tell the young clones, he was like, you don't have to fight anymore. They responded by asking him, what about you? Mm -hmm. And that's whenever Hunter says, our mission isn't over. And you get that moment where Wrecker puts his arm around him and he's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, like, like they got to go get the rest of their family, you know? And so, the f- I, that that just felt like a really strong foreshadowing. I think that's the end game here. I don't think everybody's yeah. gonna die. I think that we're gonna see the family sort of come back together. Yeah, and and we're gonna end up on Pabu, and that's gonna be the end. Like of the they series. recognize now, like okay, we just got to get Omega back, that's and right. then we're gonna hang it up. Yeah, I think that's where we're going. We'll see. I'll say where we're gonna go right now. <laughs> you've been waiting you've been so patient oh uh, man you said the second you walked into the door you were ready to go so here we go season three episode three shadows of tantis directed by steward lee written by matt mcnavetz all right so here is the episode guide on StarWars.com. Emperor Palpatine visits Dr. Hemlock to see the progress on the work being done. Nalase cannot prevent Empire... Oh, I'm sorry. Nalase cannot prevent Emery moving ahead with research that may put Omega in danger, so she secretly tells the young clone to run. Omega's adamant that Crosshair must make the escape attempt with her, but finding a way out of the facility and off the planet will be a monumental challenge. Cameron Porter, Mm. let's talk about it. (laughs) Well, I mean, first of all, I don't don't know if we touched on this or not, but we noticed that Nalase is like throwing out Omega's blood sample. So that that we find out right that the Empire is keeping her alive to test her blood. At this yeah. point, 
we don't really know what for, but they're testing right. her blood. And Nalase throws the vials away, and mm. uh, Omega's like, why are you doing that? And all she says, and I can't remember, she, did this happen in this episode, she, or well, was this earlier well, on? It's, it, it's a couple of times. Yeah. Like, like throughout throughout this episode and the first episode, there are a few times that I feel like Nalase is about to tell Omega something, therefore tell us the audience something and we just don't quite yeah. get it you know it doesn't we don't it doesn't go there all, all she said at this point to omega is if they test your blood you're going to be in danger right and so you know we 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 get this opening scene where she she warns her that that her dna is is crucial for the project mm-hmm. and no sooner do we get that warning and you know her tell omega to leave that we get the arrival of Emperor Palpatine. Mm-hmm. The score is great. We've got these oh, yeah. Imperial Guards. Immediate name drop of Project Necromancer. Yeah. <laughs> tying into season three. Season three? Season three of Mandalorians. We have the yep. Shadow Council yeah. of the remaining Imperial Warlords. Um, I believe Necromancer was... Was it Gideon's project that he was working on, or was that um, uh, Hux's dad? Um, I forget. I forget. Uh, Ar- Ar- Armitage Hux, uh, Brent Brindle Hux. So I can't remember who can't it was, remember. but somebody in the Mandalorian timeline. I've not had time to go back and and rewatch it. Um, but it's it's it's. I want to say season three, episode seven, that this happens, this scene with the uh, the, the Shadow Council mm-hmm. and Project Necromancer gets name dropped. So this is tying, you know, obviously it goes all the way to Rise of Skywalker. Um, but we're seeing it here back in the Bad Batch timeline. So this yeah. is right after the prequels. Like, like yep. Palpatine is, is deep in trying to stay alive forever. Like he yeah. really is. Um, yeah, dude, that opening scene, like when the shuttle lands, there was something about the the way that that was shot or like the lighting in it, the contrast of the bright red Royal Guards, like yeah. it's really dark outside too. And like Palpatine comes down and the lighting was just perfect to where you could just see it, it wasn't so much that his hood was up and it was just like. You don't. You can't see who it is, but you know who it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like the lighting was just, just perfect to where you could yeah. kind of see little bits of his facial features, and it was just even more like menacing even to see him there. Menacing. And like, yeah. yeah, there he is. And obviously, you know, the I can't remember his name. You know it, but the guy who who does his voice just oh crushed. Ian McDiarmid. Yeah, McDiarmid. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's, it's uh, Palpatine himself. Yeah, yeah, man. It was incredible. And you know, there were a couple times they played. You know, the classic oh. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh man, I hear that and I just get so excited. I mean, yeah. So, so I mean, like that's happening. That's so going back to like the blood samples, like this episode really gets set off because Nalase has been the one to harvest Omega's blood because of the Emperor's arrival. Him mm-hmm. like pulls her away. Emery ends up sampling the blood and the vial does not go in the trash, it goes into the tray. So, right. at that point. Nalase is stressed. Yeah. yeah so Hemlock walks away for a second. She gets close to Omega, um, and she tells her, "You have got to escape." She's like, "Grab yeah. my data pad. You got to get out of here because when they you. test your blood, you're you're done." Okay. Let's let's not worry about following it exactly. We'll we'll talk about 
we don't need to follow it chronologically. We'll yeah. we'll talk about all the the cloning stuff, and then we can talk about Crosshair and Omega. So the reason why they didn't want the blood tested is because apparently, and and, and also worth saying, uh, you know, Palpatine is shown his clones basically uh, by Hemlock, but mm-hmm. Hemlock's acknowledging the fact that you know they're not quite there. Yeah, that they that the M count stuff's not quite working. But we find out that Omega has some sort of... It's ambiguous. Yeah. I mean, they're saying that with her blood, they will be able to have the higher M count for for the the host of the clone. Yeah. Does that mean that Omega has a high M count? I don't think so. So I, I, me. I yeah. spent a lot of time. Oh, okay, yeah, thinking about yeah, this Cameron. today. Um, and I, Folks, I read some, he's he's coming alive before my eyes. Yeah, Please I, school me. I Thank read you. some. I read some articles. I listened to some other opinions about this. Okay. Um, because initially, like, my wheels are turning. I'm like, okay, they're gonna they're going the whole like, she's high high M count, force sensitive thing, but. What they were really testing for was degradation of M count in her blood. Mm. So in the past, when they had tried these cloning experiments about infusing. Okay. I have a theory. Yeah. Yeah. So there's been degradation. So the M count in the cloning process from a force sensitive to a non quote unquote force sensitive person. Yes. There's a lot of degradation that happens. So with Palpatine's end goal of trying to clone someone at his same exact level of power, that's why they need Omega. Or I don't know exactly why they need Omega, but they were testing her blood to see if her being a pure copy of Jango Fett yeah. would make her that that's possible. The yeah, yeah. To now- to copy him to copy midichlorians into without losing. Their potency, I guess. Here's where I'm going to poke a hole in the theory. All right. Why does it have to be? I, I understand that she is a what do they call it? Uh, an an unaltered Gen, Gen One. Yeah. Like whereas the other clones might be like clones of clones. Yeah. I understand that. Why does the clone for Palpatine have to have any involvement? With Jango with Jango Fett. Fett. Yeah, I, that's a part that doesn't make sense. I don't, I don't fully understand that either. Um, but it does make sense that it would have to be the purest. I mean, because you think about when cloning began and where we are now. Yeah, how much, like you're saying, how much like copies of copies of copies yeah. of copies have happened. Right. So if you wanted to test this theory out, you go back to the original source. Jango mm-hmm. Fett obviously can't. Boba yeah. Fett. Okay, yeah, that's what you're saying. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I was getting a little nervous. I was like, no, don't make it. I know that I we talked about how everybody can technically tap into yeah. the force, but I was, I would have been a bit disappointed if it was so simple as, oh, Omega just has a high M count. Yeah, I don't get, I did not get the impression that that's what they were saying in that, mm-hmm. but it is still like a lot of things involving Omega and all this cloning stuff. It's still really murky. I think the writers need yeah. to do a little, unless I miss something, which I I, I don't catch everything, mm-hmm. but unless I've missed something, there's some clarification that needs to be made. Yeah. They still need to do a little bit more explaining for me to be, again, why is she female <laughs> amongst yeah. many other questions? And so this is still like, okay, I kind of get it. There's something special about Omega that 
sure, but explain it to me. What mm-hmm. what what made this happen? Um, I will say this too, real quick. I, well, your brain's turning. I, I, my wheels up. are turning. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, we've talked at length about being so curious as to what Omega's heightened heightened uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. ability is. Sure. What if? The reason that they had to get a hold of Omega specifically is because she was already a pure copy of Jango Fett that had been experimented with a midichlorian transfusion. Mm. Interesting. Like, what if so that was her s- ability from way back in the beginning? They just tested. Are you are you saying? Am I understanding you right? Maybe what's special about Omega is that. Whenever she was copied from Django, mm-hmm. there was some kind of experiment yes. done in regard to retaining M count in a clone. From a one to one from a original Django Fett <laughs> directly to a clone. Because what we're what we're talking about trying to get at here All is right. Palpatine making a pure one to one clone of himself. So what better way to test whether or not he can do this without degradation? Then test a clone of a clone that is of the purest format. Okay. I feel like I'm listening to an Andrew Huberman podcast. (laughs) This is a little more science than what I'm used to in my Star Wars. Um, I'm going to say that all sounds like it could be plausible, and I guess we will see. We will see. I have one other note about cloning and these projects that are being run at Mount Tantas and how it might relate to Mm -hmm. this ultimate project Necromancer. Last week... Earlier this week, it's all blurring. Whenever, yeah. Uh, we were talking about the Zillow Beast. Mm-hmm. And we were kind of like, what is the involvement of the Zillow Beast in cloning? And da, da, da. Remember, one of the things that would happen, and I don't remember where I read this. I don't know if this was in that. Um, there was a book that I read. Oh, gosh. What is it called? Luke's in it. Lando's in it. Baby Ray's in it. Um, something about Sith, like like Shadows of the Sith, maybe. Hmm. Um, anyways, whether it was that, whether it was episode nine itself, whether it was some comic or I don't know. You know me. I'm always dabbling in all kinds of stuff. One of the things that would happen is that when Palpatine's clones would like use the force, it would basically just like tear the body apart. Right. Right. Like they couldn't hold the energy. Mm-hmm. What does a Zillow beast do? It feeds off of energy. It feeds off of energy yeah. and it actually gets more powerful whenever there's electricity. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if they were trying to isolate that from the Zillow beast, bringing it over Copy to it a, over. a, so that whenever he does his force lightning and stuff, it actually makes, makes him stronger, stronger. Ooh, yeah. Your boy's over here doing overtime. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> that came to me on a walk last week. Nice. Anyways, um, so yeah, I don't know. I'm, but, I'm, I mean, I'm curious that, about it. And that, so I, I like where this is at because it's not, in my mind, I'm trying to put everything together with where we get to in episode nine or where we get to with, with, with what Snoke is. Somehow Palpatine returned. Because Snoke is obviously deformed and decrepit yeah, and yeah. faulty. Yeah. So I li- what I like now, I'm not going to go into speculation yet, but I will just say if what is in the, if what's in the containers at this point right. is Snoke itself, I want I'll see be those. a little bit disappointed. I want to see those so bad. I want to see some some preliminary like way not even because what I want to, what I want to happen is for 
the Empire's failure to get Omega's blood right. and use it to be the reason that what we get in the end of with Snoke is such a decrepit, faulty, mm. deformity mess. Like, this, what is happening in Bad Batch Season 3 is why Palpatine ultimately failed with his cloning. Hmm. Okay. And Omega. Like I like yeah. that they're they're giving this a lot of importance and they're really trying to make things work with the sequel trilogy, but they're not they're not doing it in a in a, in a distasteful way. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, I like I like where things are headed right now. I'm, I agree. I'm it's it's I, I'm very intrigued by this cloning subplot. Yeah. hundred percent. Like I I'm I'm with you. Um let's bounce over to Crosshair and Omega. Now, this was some sad stuff. Uh, when she when she gets him out, which by the way, Crosshair played those troopers. Oh perfectly. man, yeah. And uh, you know, noticing that <laughs> he's following Omega's plan, right? Yeah. In 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 the end of season one, he's like literally making fun of the Bad Batch for following her plan, mm-hmm. and now he's having to do it himself. Um, he plays the troopers. He gets out, and Omega asks, "Your hand's getting worse, isn't it?" Yeah, Dude. yeah. That was sad. It's sad because, sure, any kind of disease, and presumably this has happened because of the experiments that they ran on. Correct, him, yeah. Um, is is terrible, but Crosshair is Crosshair because he's a sharpshooter, and you cannot be a sharpshooter with, with another steady hand. Like that. Yeah, so that goes back to his like hopelessness too. It's like, okay, yes. well, I have. You know, I've already burned the Empire. I've already burned the Bad Batch, and now I don't even have any like my entire identity, any any tangible value to provide yes. to anybody. Yes. Yeah. Ultimately, sad. I think that this goes where I've been sort of trying to go with this. Is he's yeah, his hands going to get bad. And he's not going to be able to do what he used to do anymore. But he's not going to need to. Right. I think. You know, Maybe. I guess we'll see. Because he's gonna die. Ha! Come on! <laughs> Who needs think... hands oh, when man. you're dead, Tyler? Do, do it to me again, Lucasfilm. I mean, really, I'm not going to go on that rant again. <laughs> but you can listen to the last episode if you're curious about it. I'm just trying to get. I'm, I'm trying to set your expectations low so you're not too let down. I don't. I don't know, man. I mean, I'm not going to be let if down. I, like, here's what I will say: there have been things that I've wanted out of this show that mm-hmm. they did not do, and they did the opposite, and it was done well. And I. If it's done well, I'm happy. Yeah. But you're not going to convince me that what happened in the end of episode nine was done well. I'm sorry. It's just, you know, for not people. for me. Not for me. Yeah, not yeah, for yeah. me. Um, I, I, I love a lot of the sequels. I, I really do. And I know that's rare and a lot of people don't want to say that these days. But I love a lot of what happened in the sequels. I accept a lot of what happened in the sequels. But I'm I'm not a fan of, of how they tied up. Old, old, old Ben Solo. Yeah. Um, man, the whole sequence, just the whole sequence of Crosshair and Omega getting the ship was, oh, was great, insane. Mm-hmm. I love that. There's that moment where he's like, "Do you know Plan 72? I think it was 72. And she's like, "Tech made me learn all the plans." And yeah. Crosshair just says, "Of course, cool, he of course did. he did." Yeah. That was just such a great, heartwarming moment. Yeah. And um, I also loved his line where they overhear that the Emperor's there, and he looks at Omega, and he's like, "Yeah, you picked today to do yeah. this." <laughs> yeah, it was that was because all the ships are grounded. So yeah, it's like, yeah, I, I, yeah, 
Yeah, it was. It was. You're some right. Good, some good interaction. Some good bantering back and forth. Yeah, between I the two love Crosshair and Omega together. Yeah. It really is something, and that's why I kind of hope that we don't just get them all back together in the next episode. I have some theories as to what could what could be happening, okay. but um, that said, um, the whole scene with her, you know, Batcher getting involved, and and there's the scene where like. Crosshair's going up and Omega's going back down and there's just so much. I'm not going to go note for note, beat for beat, but that whole action sequence was incredible. Yeah, it really was great, and it it's it's it definitely showcases like what these folks are able to do with animation. Because mm-hmm. you're watching it, and you're just like, wow, this is just riveting mm-hmm. to me. I mean, it, it really is. So that whole scene was great. Um, you know, them escaping certainly opens up a lot of possibilities. It was a satisfying three part opener. I mean, I felt oh, yeah. like it was just it was great. Even man. even the the uh the escaping through the Lurka uh hound door. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Oh a yeah. Lot of, a lot of tension there, especially with Emery coming in and then having to like I noticed you know, they they've kinda got Emery at gunpoint and this is mm-hmm. where she's like, Don't do this and you see Crosshair like well first of all, Omega is like, No, don't because Crosshair is like about to shoot her. Right. And then you they did such a good job with this like quick scene where you see Crosshair like Stunner. Click, yeah, well yeah. he clicks his blaster oh, yeah, to yeah. stun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. like the sound of that like maybe it was just because I was listening to it with my headphones in but I was hearing all all 100%. the things. No, that, and uh it was so that was just really well done and then them escaping through the through the tunnel with the uh with the ray shields like closing in behind them like a lot of suspense, and then they're not even out of the woods. Well, no pun intended. They're not out of the woods yet, because right. there's something out here in this jungle that's right. been even, you know, messing up the uh, lurker hounds. Yeah, but it seems like they got their revenge. I mean, they were they were taking it to the thing pretty good. Yeah, and then um, even just the battle scene with the with the stormtroopers that find them was just. Uh, I don't know. These these fight sequences and animated shows just keep getting better and better because it's not so much just like. A singular point of view mm-hmm. they're able to manipulate a lot of things and kind of do some closer shots and some different perspectives to really like put you there and almost kind of take you out of the fact that it's an animated show mm-hmm. but yeah. yeah you mentioned the sound and i was telling kayla it was the second or third episode i was like is it just me or is like this sound mix just incredible mm-hmm. i don't know if they got someone new it felt in at times a little bit sparser um, it definitely had a less is more vibe to me. Yeah, I I don't know. It it just it struck me both the 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 mix of the vocals, which by the way, Michelle Ang doing a great job with Omega. She sounds older, mm-hmm. like and and they you know it was cool how they had her hair grow. Yeah, out her hair's a little bit longer. Uh, like in the episode, you see it start shorter and go longer. It was it was really mm-hmm. cool and and um yeah something about the sound mix it it's really good and you're right like even the first time we watched it I was like I talking to Kayla like hey yeah you just set it to stun like you know it, mm-hmm. th- that stuff is poking out so good it's great yeah I, even even that scene where Nala say is is warning Omega mm-hmm. like if you listen closely you can hear clearly what Hemlock is saying in the background what like Hemlock is like you can it's, it's not just like okay all the audio like faded out and now uh-huh. we're just focused on this conversation yeah. like if you really listen closely you can just hear Hemlock talking to Emery about okay. what's going on. I mean, th- there's mm-hmm. nothing like 
important that he right, says. Right, right. But you can hear it, and it's like interesting. It just kind of shows you how much is really going on, and like yeah. the, the vocals are kind of buried a little yeah. bit, but it's still clear enough that you can hear what he's saying. That's why you need good speakers, folks. Like I mean, I, or not I even that. I just I was or, using or my Apple headphones. I mean, well, no, but I mean, like, because I, I watch it on my TV. Oh yeah, yeah but yeah. like sound bars don't pick up that stuff. Nah, go ahead yeah. and get you some clips. You'll thank me later. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, and of the score. I mean, uh, Kevin Kiner and I guess it's his kids. I'm sorry, I don't know their names offhand. Um, the score is great. Yeah. Like I said, we got. You know, that classic Palpatine theme. Just that beautiful Neapolitan the, minor key the, with the flat five. Like, it just sounded so yeah, good. I love the, it so much. I just choir oh, vocals. Oh, the, it's oh, so good, yeah. man. So, uh, you know, again, a terrific three-part finale. I saw one. <laughs> you know, I don't read reviews, but somehow I ended up seeing... Uh, it's because I was looking for... I was Googling trying to find the director's and mm-hmm. without having to go back and rewatch the end credits, and I did have to, by the way, because they don't post this stuff online. It's really frustrating. Um, and so I, I was scrolling through this article, and it was a review. And at the end, they gave one of the episodes like a four and a half out of five. Whoa. And they listed all of the like positive things. And then on the negative thing, it said, felt very adventure of the week. Oh my what are you talking about? <laughs> what are you... What are you I, I just hate that there are all these like little catchphrases that everyone's using now, mm-hmm. and now an adventure of the week is it's like a, bad a negative game. thing. Yeah. How about this? Every week I want to go on an adventure with the <laughs> yeah. show that I'm watching. What are you talking about? That's true. And everyone's just spitting it out over and over. It's yeah. now it's become a ding that you can do on on shows and creators. E- even it's so, so stupid, I man. mean, you know, is it just an adventure of the week just because it's a jungle and it's because it's kind of mysterious? Like, yeah. the end goal is still Prison Break. Yeah, uh, Bad Batch being re- reunited. Like. Yeah. These are very like I I can understand some of the sentiments behind filler just to kind of play devil's devil's advocate here like I get it sometimes it feels like down the hill I'm not sometimes it'll kind of feel like we're getting a little bit off task or whatever quote unquote task but like even if you look at this and say oh it's adventure of the week this is still singularly focused on them escaping and we also get all of this great content to let our minds roam. About the whole cloning process. I, I, I just feel like, A, I'm, I'm not a fan of, of critics. I'm not a fan of reviews. I'm not a, I'm not a, I'm not a fan of criticism on art in general. I think that we can celebrate the stuff that we love and, and help support creators that are doing good work. I like all that. But I think criticism has gotten, not again, not that I've ever felt that great about it, but it's just gotten so, it's it's ridiculous. Like, yeah. like I said, it's all buzzwords and, and, and it's, it, it almost feels sometimes like everyone's like, all right, so, uh, what's the agenda? What are we, what are we trying to say about this show? Are we trying to say it's good? Are we trying to say it's bad? And yeah. you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's all gotten out of hand, but that's, you know, again, I'm not trying to rant. It's just, I, that's why I don't do reviews, Yeah. <laughs> but, um, anyhow, great, great start. Yep. You want to speculate a little bit? Um, I'm trying to hold on, hold on, Too hold bad. on. Let me see. <laughs> Difficult to see. Always in motion is the future. <sighs> Meditate on this. I will. Mm, all right, I got my eyes closed. I'm meditating. Cameron, mm. you got anything? Um, let's see. Speculation. So. I'll start. I'll kick it I'll off. I'll let you start. I'll, yeah. I'll kick it off. So there, my, my, my tank's empty. I, I got. I okay, got all. Okay. I got all riled up on the uh, <laughs> on the M count, the cloning stuff. So, looking at the episode titles, 
Okay. I think it's the mid-season. I'm pulling it up now. I think it's episode seven and eight. Uh, six and seven. Infiltration Extraction are the name of those episodes. Um, I had assumed that we were going to have the Batch breaking Omega out in those in those episodes. Sounds like maybe not. It seems like it's possible that we're going to get them back in the next episode altogether. I wonder, though, if... No sooner do Crosshair and Omega leave Wayland and Mount Tantus that Hunter and Wrecker come in. Because like hmm. if not, if they don't if they don't go to Mount Tantus, then that whole second episode was a fool's errand, which it, in a way it was. Yeah. And so I'm wondering if they're going to show up in Mount Tantus kind of like, you know, Two two ships passing each other, mm-hmm. not realizing that one went one way and one went the other way. Um, and if if Hunter and Wrecker themselves don't get captured, and maybe we see again Crosshair and Omega having to go back and find Hunter and Wrecker. Yeah. Now, on one hand, I would like to see some more Crosshair and Omega out mm-hmm. here doing this. Hunter and Wrecker out there doing their thing because I feel like, you know, absence makes a heart grow fun. Like having, having this separation kind of string along a little bit longer seems like it would be a nice dramatic touch that I can get, I can, I can be cool on for a few weeks. Um, I don't know. Do you think they're just going to come back together next week? I've got a feeling that that's what they're going to do. I've okay. got a feeling that we're going to, that episode four is going to kick off Omega and Crosshair First thing, contacting the Bad Batch. I mean, you would think... I think, but here's the other thing. We still don't really know Crosshair's end goal. Like, yeah, he and Omega are, like, out of prison, but that doesn't fix how he feels about the Bad Batch and how they did him dirty. And, like, we may get a very similar to end of season two with Sid-type situation Mm -hmm. where Crosshair at the last second... Turns his back, you know, rats, rats Omega out. I don't think that's. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm just. I'm, he ain't I'm, got no love for the Empire, dude. I just can't see that happening at all. Yeah, that's true. So I, I don't know. I mean, part of me thinks that they're just going to pop right out with Episode Four, sending out a com, trying to find them, or, or saying, "Hey, we're out. Come find us. Meet it. Meet us at these coordinates or whatever." I think. I think if Echo Rex. Wrecker or Hunter were to show up at Mount Tantus and mm-hmm. then get captured or something. In a way, I don't know. Be, I feel like that would be a little bit too much, like I, ring around I, the rosy. I agree. Like a hundred percent. Yeah, I can see that. Now, it does seem to me, however, that perhaps it in while they're attempting to rendezvous, that perhaps Wrecker Hunter or someone does get captured because. We do know that Hemlock is coming after Omega. Yeah. And I feel like what had happened before when they were trying to hunt down the Bad Batch was nothing compared to what they'll, they're going to be doing now. Yeah. Literally, Palpatine was like, whatever you need, yep. you got it. Yep. We now know that Omega holds the key mm-hmm. to this project. If Vader was around, he would be telling Hemlock not to choke on his aspirations. Like, the guy is hungry for it. Uh, I do you think we're gonna see Vader this season? Man, that's a great question. <laughs> and and here's another one. I'll throw this on top. Too. All right. 
You think we're going to get to see some of our favorite bounty hunters? Because Hemlock has got the full, you know, the full purse of the yeah, Empire but, at his disposal. But, you know, they, they thought Vader was weird. I, I feel like they thought, they thought Vader was weird because he used bounty hunters. Yeah. There was that, like, what is, what is their filth doing around here? So I don't think it was typical no. of the Empire to use bounty hunters. Now... I'm not saying that they would be a racing cannon if they did that, but it's a little lazy, yeah, in my opinion. But I, it's possible Hemlock might would do that. Yeah, um, we know we're going to see Phoenix Shannon Cad Bane. We mm-hmm. know that. I'm assuming you mean IGADA, Boss, yeah, Boba. Here's what I'll say about that. Um, when Quinlan ran into Ventress in Dark Disciple, mm-hmm. he found her because he went to Boba Fett. And I believe Bosk was around, um, and 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 because because they kind of ran together. Yeah. So it's possible when we run into Ventress, she has connections to Boba. Maybe. Um. So yeah, we might get some Boba Fett. We might then see Bosk. We might see IG88. It's possible. Mm-hmm. They were definitely all hanging around during this time. I don't know. Will we see Vader? Great question. You know, they made his model for Clone Wars Season 7. They, they, they There is a Vader model. So, you know, it's it's certainly not... I don't think it's a budgetary thing. Yeah. Like, they've, they've got him there. Um, you know, they used... I want to say it was Reese Beecher for all of the Vader stuff in um, Obi-Wan, and it sounds great. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I feel like they have everything they need to bring Vader in on a practical level. The only thing that I would think of is, does it make sense... In terms of a story. Now, if we're having like an all-out war between the clones and the stormtroopers, I could see Vader being called in for that. Yeah, I, I could, I could. So I would say, if anything, I'm fifty-fifty. It really just depends on where the story's going. Yeah, that's a good point. Like if it does end up in a big all-out battle, which sure. By the way, did you see the banner on Disney Plus? Like, I don't think so. You know, if you pull it I mean, up on your TV and not your phone, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or iPad, whatever. Uh, there's like a big banner at the at the at with the top like the, of the newest page stuff with like yeah, the yeah, new yeah. seasons, like Watch Bad Bad season three. It's like a ton of troopers at the bottom of the screen. Just like it looks like it's gonna be an all out war. Okay, then maybe so, so. Yeah, yeah, man. I mean, I could see it. You know, um, we're definitely getting Asajj. I don't know when. I don't know how. We're definitely getting Cad. We're definitely getting. Um, Phoenix Shan, uh, Phoenix Shan, yeah. So uh, we all I know is we got a lot of good stuff coming. Definitely. And, and I'll tell you what, this pod's got a lot of good stuff coming. Oh, so yeah. if you're tuning in for the first time because you're like, okay, I need to listen to a podcast is, that's breaking down Bad Batch, we're here for you. We're gonna be here for you every week. We're yep. here. We're your Don't boys. Don't worry about it. We got you. If you enjoyed, do us that favor of 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 hitting us with a like and and this you know subscribe and five stars reviews all of it you know what to do you you do the podcast thing you're not new to this yeah. you know you know what's going on it would help <laughs> us out i mean you know we're very grateful for you listening listener and mm-hmm. we we would like to connect with as many listeners as we can so it would help us out if you like our pod and you want to see it flourish and grow and yeah uh, feel free to to do that you're definitely going to want to stick around because we are going to be breaking this down Every week. We're going deep. Um, And yeah, I can't wait till next week. Me either. Cameron, you got anything else? No, sir. Let's land this ship. One week from now, we'll be back. We're going to be talking Season 3, Episode 4 of The Bad Batch. 
already excited for it. I can't wait to see where it goes. Much less for the rest of the season. Like I said, follow, subscribe, buckle up. We're going for it. I'm loving it. Cameron. I might I might just wear my pajamas next week. Really? We got one episode to go. We got a whole hour to park on one episode. I'm going to kick my feet up. We're going to take it slow. That's a great idea. I'm going to chill. I might get us like some guac or something. Oh. Sitting in here just munching. Like we're just taking it easy. That's right. It's going to be so easy compared to what we've been doing. I or I'm going to come in fired up and just go go crazy right from the jump. It's one of the two. Until we'll next time, <laughs> Tyler out. Cameron out. This party's over.